0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB Public Media app.
0: From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It One Hundred and One, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Hybus, Ashy Certified Inspector to inspect it like a girl, and Jeff Sammons from HouseWorks is out this week. I heard he's in Arkansas. We'll keep moving. Uh, w- when is the last time you ever had your home inspected, professionally inspected by a licensed home inspector, not not by just like me? So. If not the pa, answer, Paul. if Pa-pawed yeah, and... yeah, I'm Papa. If the answer was <laughs> <coughs> not recently, <laughs> then this show is going to be from you. We, you know what? Uh, we, we, Pam is on the show every week here at MPB on Fix It One Hundred and One, uh, and she is an actual home inspector. And so we're going to kind of pick at that today a little bit and see, see what. Lovely.
2: What, yeah, right. Like I got yeah. to get picked on daily. <laughs> right,
0: right. So we're going to pick at that today. But look, if, uh, uh, we do want to talk about, uh, the home inspector and, and, and how to judge this service and how it works and what you're looking for and all that other good stuff. So between your calls and emails, we're going to talk to her about the inspection process. Okay. Before we start into the inspection thing, Pam. I got to talk this weekend. I did a lot of cleanup, and the big cleanup for me this weekend was a mold cleanup. It was green stuff.
2: Uh-oh, microbial growth. Uh,
0: yes, it was microbial growth. I worked all weekend on the micro- microbial growth on the north side of my home, which almost always gets it, uh, gets this growth uh, every year. No other side of my house gets it, and it's just because it's in the, you know, we live in the south.
2: Right. Yeah. uh, Well, and what happens is that what happens is that the sun don't shine on that side. Right. Right. On the south side. So you know, probably is worse up north if you think about it because of the way the sun and the. I was think. You know, I was having my whole thing thinking about that last night. Yeah, but but then I
0: have to do math.
2: Yeah. Then Um, yeah, but if the sun doesn't shine on it to dry it up, right? Then it'll get yucky.
0: So I started with some uh, house wash. And, and, and tried that for a little while and that does work. But you know what? In the end, I, I kind of had, uh, I heard you in my head telling me, concrobium, concrobium. <laughs> and then, then I had Jeff over here going, just grab a brush, man. Yeah. Um, and so, so I tried the house wash and I thought, all right, Jeff, I'll try a brush. And I went and got, a. Uh, I I have, a what's made is just like a regular kind of push broom brush but you know it's the supermarket kind it's not you know 12 and it's not huge you know like the ones at the store so um but i just i just kind of lightly scrubbed it with that after i put the house wash on oh my gosh it's so like a new house.
2: It's like an. Are you doing now? Tell me what your siding is. Are you brick or vinyl? You know, or? I'm,
0: I'm I'm vinyl in parts, and there is some brick.
2: Okay. So, awesome.
0: Yeah, but with the brush, it was
2: just like wow. I mean, it, it compl- it's like it was brand new. Well, so. you know, I and I was kind of had somewhat of the same experience a couple of weeks ago. What we don't think about is especially here in the south mm-hmm. is we have a tremendous amount of pollen, you know all that yellow stuff that uh-huh. starts floating around sometime in March and April, sometimes February. <laughs> right. Well, it all lands somewhere. And it will wash off if the rain hits it directly. Right. But if it doesn't, like I was telling you, I was I'm swapping out ceiling fans. Uh-huh. And there must have been no kidding. At least an eighth of an inch of yuck on the top of those fans that were on the outside on my patio. And I know it it was yellow. It had a yellow film on it. And it's because I didn't get up there and clean them off every year. Well, that stuff is on the the side of your house as well.
0: Well, you know what I figured? For years, I've been talking about here on the air, and I've used house wash. I've I've even – early on, I even used the pressure washer just because it was fun to play with the pressure washer. But – it's it the difference this year, you know. It, I guess nothing takes the place of of something touching the surface mm-hmm. and moving, yeah. the, moving the thing, mm-hmm. uh, because the clean that it was in the areas where I just used the house wash and the areas where i used the housewash and the brush were completely different
2: it was shiny
0: yeah yeah uh, <laughs> both had a similar color but but you know the the texture looked different yeah so so it was pretty cool
2: well congratulations Thanks. jeff I oh jeff is listening and and heard heard you say that you took his, right. his his uh his advice on the brush
0: no i couldn't use my arms for 2 days after yeah but <laughs> <laughs> cuz you're brushing in the air vertically, you know. Anyway. Well,
2: then the question is, were you on a ladder doing that? I was uh, not. Okay.
0: <laughs> I only I only got on the ladder when I was using the house wash. Okay. I would not use the brush cuz it's just like man, it, that's too many muscles going on at one time without a lot of balance. Or anything to fall on
2: You know, I'm so. I'm doing some, I'm taking some online classes right now to keep up with my certifications. Uh-huh. And there was a statistic from OSHA on uh, people that die from ladder falls. Uh-huh. And most, I think it was like 95% die falling less than 10 feet.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. That's about where it was. Yep. So.
2: Yep. So All be right. careful out there, folks. All right. So so
0: uh, tell me what you have found this week. What's going on with you? What did you get into?
2: Well, we were laughing before the show, you know, we were talking about questions on home inspections. I'm sitting on my back porch last two weeks ago, I guess, and I started smelling wires burning. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, well, what is that? Right. So and it bothered me so much. I'm I'm sitting. It was it was on the weekend. So I walked across the street and asked my neighbor. I thought if he smells it too, then it's something in the neighborhood. Right, right. You know. So I went over, scared him to death. He had his headphones on. He's jamming. Yeah. I was like, Alvin, Alvin, hey, <laughs> do you smell? Wires? Alvin. Alvin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked up and kind of scared him. And and I was like, do you smell anything burning? And he started laughing. He was like, no. I really don't. And I was like, okay. So I went back to the house and started investigating. And huh. sure enough, it was the ceiling fan wiring. That, Outdoors? Yes. Huh. Yes. And that's, you know, they're only 25 years old.
0: Right. I was, she mentioned this to me and I'm thinking, I, I don't, if, if you've not, if uh, installed or having to, had to deal with the ceiling fans. Technology has helped a lot of us over the years. One mm-hmm. thing it's done for ceiling fans is make them about, oh, I don't know, half lighter. Yes. Uh, so yeah. a 25, 30-year-old ceiling fan is going to be really heavy.
2: Oh, it they're, was. They made it out of
0: brass and stuff. And I've got I mean? two
2: of them. You know, right. that, so there's two of them back there. So I ordered me a couple of fans and I love these fans because they're light uh-huh. and the blades are wood. They're real wood. Don't those droop outside though? No, uh uh-uh. uh I thought the the wood ones part- droop. Those. A particle board oh. will. This these are show enough. For real, really.
0: See, I thought you had to do like a steel blade outside.
2: Well, you know, you know my mind may be drenched, but it said it said damp proof. It said
0: no droop. Yeah,
2: yeah okay. that's what it said. So I've got them up. Well, I'll tell you in a year. So every time <laughs> I pass
0: by somebody's porch and they've got these droopy fans, I'm like, man, you should have done more than the fifty dollar fan.
2: Yeah, you have to. Watch. Yeah. And really, that's a that's a great point. Uh, they are they should be uh, classified as indoor, right? Damp proof is where you can put them outside, but they need to be covered, uh-huh. and then water resistant. So those you can put like in a pergola or something where they can actually get wet.
0: Oh, okay, all right.
2: So there's three different classifications, and mine are now, you know, you don't you don't control it at the switch. You've got these little handheld remote things. Really, those always make me really nervous because they're smarter than me, right. <laughs> so I have to sit there. And read, you know, read the instructions. Right. I'm reading the manual. <laughs> okay.
0: I'm going to do a question here from email, and then we're going to take our first break. But uh, here's from email, and I know you've done this before. The gutters in our house need replacing, and the house needs repainting. Which should come first? And should we get a pro to install to install seamless gutters? Shannon, right, can I answer the second part of that?
2: Sure. Good. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, hire a pro to install your gutters.
2: Yeah, gutter installation is really, and then what you have to watch for is that what they'll do sometimes, even the professionals, is they'll run them horizontal right underneath the um, furring strip. Right. And if you do that, you don't have any fall and you're just going to clog up. Right. There's not enough water exiting. If it were me, if I were going to do that, Uh I would take the gutters down and paint and then have a professional put them back up.
0: Okay. All right.
2: Because then they can paint what's behind the gutter. Because if gutters just, you think about this, folks, especially here in the South, uh whenever gutters, what do they do? They catch water. right? All right. So let's say for whatever reason, they get clogged up and you're holding water in there. Mm -hmm. Now what happens is that that metal gutter is going to sweat because in the South, that's what we do well is we sweat. Your dew point, Mm -hmm. water moisture, all that kind of stuff. Well, you put metal that's sweating up against wood. Guess what's going to happen? Oh, Yeah. Okay. Going so to have rotten, yeah. okay. So that's where you're on. Yeah.
0: Okay. So
2: take the gutter down because you're probably going to have to do some repair to the fascia boards which mm-hmm. is that that vertical piece that the gutter is connected to.
0: Right. Okay. Well, yeah, there you go. So uh let's let's paint it before we put gutters up and have a pro do the gutters. All right. Yes. All right cool. I did want to say uh a uh, uh, thorough and 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 full howdy to Jeff who's in our or in our neighbor state of Arkansas
2: it's beautiful he's up there riding motorcycles I'm telling you it right. is so pretty up there
0: well good for him and, yeah. and, and I hope he's listening so we can make fun of him well anyway today we're talking about inspection and since we figured you know you're an inspector we know one that we'd uh, ask you some questions today now uh, we've done a lot of these questions over time, but but we've not talked about it specifically in a while. We, I say this every week when we come on the air. I say, here's Pam Pibus, Ashy Certified Inspector, and inspect it like a girl. What am I talking about when I say Ashy Certified?
2: Ashy is the American Society of Home Inspectors, and it's just a, it's an organization that. Um, we adhere to as inspectors in the state of Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Mississippi requires licensure. And so to get that licensure we have to take an Ashy test. Oh,
0: okay, cool.
2: Yeah. And and then there are other requirements as well, but we have to pat. we have to take a I think it's a it's changed, you know, I've only been doing this twenty years, so right. it's a little different <laughs> now. But when I was doing it it was sixty hour class, then we had to pass the exam. And then we have to have uh, a certain amount of errors and omissions and general liability, liability insurance.
0: Man, you know a lot of different things. Uh, errors and liabilities, is that a th-
2: Errors and omission. So if we miss something, uh-huh. we have to carry that um, so that if someone gets, you know— they get upset with us, then we can, if we did miss something, right? then we have insurance to cover that.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't know that. That's part of, is that something you have to have? Yes. Yes. It's
2: required in the state of Mississippi. I can't remember if it's a half a million or a quarter million. I cannot remember. Now, the caveat here that is so interesting, and this is where, you know, I always ask realtors, how much do you pay for your liability or errors and emissions liability? They pay about a hundred bucks a year. Oh, okay. You know what I pay? What? Almost three thousand. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I'm paying a lot <laughs> to <laughs> carry to carry that insurance. And then the other caveat is that if an inspector gets two claims against them, they get dropped. Oh really? Mm-hmm. So you better work really hard wow. to make sure you know, and then your deductible is is so high. Right. But um, you know. What I do, uh, what I've done in my business and I'll share this with any any inspector out there who's listening. What we do at Inspect It Like a Girl is for every inspection that we do, we take $10 out of that fee and throw it into a claims fund. Because, ah. I, you know, we're not perfect. Right. So if something comes up, if we genuinely miss something, right. then we'll just, you know.
0: to deal with it. Yeah. It's
2: business. Yeah, it's, part of the, it's just part of the business. Okay. But, yeah, so that's – ASHI is the American Society of Home Inspectors. There's also another one called InterNACHI, which is the International Society of – something inspectors anyway that's where i was doing some classes online this morning something with with them. G. yeah i can't remember all the in anyway um <laughs> and then yes and so we have to have 20 hours of continuing education oh okay so we have to um every two years 20 hours which is a really pretty easy to right, a conference right. you can pick all that up so
0: right okay so uh, when a person is looking to have their home inspected, are there things they should do to prepare their home?
2: You can like if and and you know that's such an interesting question because even if if your your house is being sold right. and an inspector is coming, uh-huh. if you have a bunch of stuff piled in front of the electric panel, mm-hmm. the inspector is going to go that it was inaccessible. Now you're going to have to pay an electrician to come over and. Right and and you know and look at that panel. So make those make your attic accessible, your doors accessible. Uh Make it you know like one of the things that and I actually recommend this in these newer houses. You have these walk-in attics, yes, which is awesome. Uh You don't have to pull a ladder down or whatever. Well, if you've got small children in the house, you better have a lock on that.
0: Oh. (laughs) Is that, is, that, uh, is that not code?
2: I don't think there's a code to it, oh, no. Okay. Mm-mm. But right. if you have a small child in the house, because as a small kid, if there was a walk-in attic access, I'm uh-huh. going in. I mean, that's just the kind of kid I was. But you want to make sure that it's locked. Well, if I show up to inspect the house and I can't get in the attic. Now, what I do is, and, and I've, I've had um, cars, par, you know, right. cars, boats. Mm-hmm. under the attic access, I will uh, reach out or have my office reach out to the listing agent and say, can you tell that owner either I'm going to disclaim that and they're going to have to pay me to come back right. or they can get over here and get it moved. So uh-huh. just make sure that things are accessible.
0: Okay, I get you.
2: Yeah. And then there's always the secret hidey places. There's a, um, a particular neighborhood here in uh, North of Jackson, And they always have these secret hiding places for um, like a safe or um, an attic access. Like one time I was walking around and and I can tell that there's something in the attic by what's coming through the roof. Right. So if I had a friend one time, she said, we don't have any hot water on the second floor, but I don't think there's a water heater up there. Well, I went over there and looked on the second floor roof and there's a flue for a water heater. Right. And I said, well, I know it's up there. Uh Uh-huh. So we had to figure out how to get up there. It was somewhat of a challenge to get wow, up there. Yeah. really? So in these, this particular neighborhood, there was an attic access. It was behind a bed. Really? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I know. And it was built into the wainscote.
0: So oh, so they didn't intend you to just walk in and find
2: that. Yeah, yeah. No, it was kind of a secret hiding place. But I knew that there was a furnace and a water heater in this area behind this bed and so I started looking at it and I could I finally found the grooves. Right. You know, and then they'll put it behind it. this is always a fun thing. It'll be behind a bookcase. And there'll be a hinge on that bookcase oh, and you have to on, find no, the pen. No, come on, and pull that's in a bookca- movie
0: from nineteen fifty four. We're not talking about
2: that's that. Cr- it's just nuts, but yeah, it's very you are that Java, Pam, is,
0: t- Pam, making up stuff just for the fun I, on the show? Yeah,
2: really. All right. She <laughs> well, went to
0: the movie Clue or something. Um, right? yeah. Listen,
2: they need to have me on that show. It, it is forensic because we're trying to figure out, you know, a lot of things. Why is it? Where is that? Why did it get like me in any way?
0: Right. Well, uh, do people try to fix things ahead of an inspector coming? And can you see that?
2: Oh, yeah, all the time.
0: What do you like? How? Like, well,
2: most homeowners are gonna try to, you know, they clean everything up. If there's
0: pour I, Drano down everything, yeah, yeah, and
2: they'll see plungers next to the toilet, or <laughs> you know, <I> mean, <laughs> yeah, right. they'll they'll try to do some things. But right. it, what you have to remember, what home inspectors are looking for, we're not looking for what I can see. I'm looking for what I can't see. Right. And really, your big deals are not what you can see. It's mm-hmm. what you don't see.
0: Right. Okay. All right. How do you know to find the things you don't see?
2: Through, it, it is, there is a process. For instance, one of the things that, that we do is we want to make sure that the drains are, are running correctly. All right. Right. And specifically if it's older than 25 or 30 years. So what we'll do is we'll fill up all the tubs and all the sinks and hold water in them. Mm-hmm. OK. And what we're doing there whenever we fill a tub up is we want it to go to the overflow drain and go down the drain. I want to make sure that overflow is working. Right. Because if the overflow isn't working, then you're going to have water all over the floor because you're. You know, gotcha. your, your six-year-old yeah. turn the water on and left it, and left it, right. and so then you're going to have a flood. But well, I'd like to know if that's not going to work. And I can't tell you how many new construction houses I've done lately where the overflow in the sink doesn't work. Oh, and then the sink overflows, and then the sink will overflow. So we fill mm-hmm. all that up. But let's say it's an older house. Mm-hmm. We fill all that up, and then systematically we will go around, and I will pull the plug on the tub, flush the toilet, and pull the plug on the sink all at the same time. Right, and see if it'll drain. Uh (laughs) Ah, and if it's going really, really slow, or Uh if it does, this this is my look, look, look.
0: Right, yeah. Then somebody's
2: put a toy down the toilet. Oh.
0: (laughs) <laughs>
2: really? Is that the thing? Yeah, I mean, somehow it's gotten clogged or right. or whatever. This class I was watching the other day on plumbing. This guy said there's some home inspectors that put like a whole roll of toilet paper down in there, and I'm like, I ain't doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not to clog somebody's toilet up on purpose. That's crazy. Really? Yeah.
0: That's and he was—he was
2: dead straight serious. I was like mm, wow, that's no, I terrible. I don't think I'm going to do that. Mm. But because we're running these systems in certain, uh-huh. you know, in certain ways, and then what'll happen? And I had this happen the other day. I showed up to do an inspection, and the owner was there, and that the mother-in-law had actually moved out, and he he was there uh, trying to clean up and stuff. And he said, "Do I need to leave?" And I said, "Well." It's okay if you stay, but I don't really need to I, – I can't interact with you because I have so many things, systems, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I do it in a specific order for a reason. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I was going to ask you that. Actually, I, I thought about it. It was should the homeowner be there for the inspection? I don't know if I said should – should say should. You know what I'm saying? In other words, uh, uh, d would you want to be as a homeowner would you want to be there for the inspection
2: well if you if you have ordered that inspection mm-hmm. as a home maintenance inspection and we do about about 25% of my business is for homeowners mm-hmm. um then yes be there if it if you're not if you're listing or selling it yeah. you being there could be construed as intimidation or in trying to sway the inspector ah. because you didn't hire them. Somebody else is paying them to come in and do a job. Right. Now, I know and you know that there are cameras everywhere.
0: Right. That's true.
2: <laughs> I mean, so I'm being watched. Right. And there's some home inspectors in the country who are well, are, they'll wear body cams now because huh. we get blamed for all kinds of stuff that we didn't do. Right. And so they'll wear those things. I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm wow. just, I got too many other things to worry about besides right. that. Right. But as far as the homeowner, you own the home, so uh-huh. if you insist that you want to be there, I would just say stay out of, stay out of our way.
0: Well, what do you think about that? What do you think about uh, homeowners peeking over your shoulder while you're doing the inspection?
2: Well, it drives me crazy. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's just, <laughs> and I had a guy one time who was following me around. I ran into him about four times and he finally turned around mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Because I'm not going in a straight line. Right. If I could keep up, with, and I tried this one time on, with my watch to keep up with my steps. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I probably walked through that house no less than uh, forty times, mm-hmm. in different going in different directions and doing different things. So, yeah, I think it makes a homeowner really nervous to uh-huh. stay there. It's kind of like being awake when you're having surgery.
0: <laughs> I've done it one time. It's the most anxiety ridden yeah. thing I've ever. I don't want to do it. Yeah, take a deep don't breath. Don't sit. And I mean, this person's job is to come and judge everything that you know, everything.
2: Well, we're looking at function. We just want to make sure that everything's working okay. So, you know, if, and and when I go in, I turn down the air conditioning system Mm -hmm. in the summer because I'm trying to do a thermal image. Right. And a thermal image, you have to have a thermal anomaly. It has to be a different temperature on the other side of the wall than the wall where you are. So I turn that air down and I leave it down for, you know, anywhere between 45 minutes to an hour. Right. And so it, I think it unnerves a homeowner whenever it gets so incredibly cold in there. But I have to do that because then I have to go through and systematically fill up all the tubs. Well, then I have to go back and thermal under all the tubs and thermal behind the shower heads and thermal under the sinks. Uh And it just takes... Time, Right. Okay. I people did not always, know that. You know, and it's funny. I've had people complain through the years, why do you take so long? And I'm like, well, just try to follow me around right. and see all the things that I have to do.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. Hang on just a second. We got Jesse on the line. He's in Learned, and uh he's got a comment about, I guess it's the cleaning under gutters. Jesse, are you with me?
1: Yeah, I'm with you. And I don't know how to. Okay, it's a, it's a classic ranch house we moved in last year, and it's got aluminum siding on a garage that was built later than the house. But my, the question is about this aluminum siding is under the eaves of the house, and they look like these clips that fit in a groove that goes all around. Under the eaves of the house, and I mean, I've been hanging plants on them is is that what it's for? I mean, you can slide these things back and forth in the groove. they're like little. I mean they look like uh you know those clips you use paper with, but huh in a reverse situation spring situation I, oh, hey, that's, it's me.
0: odd. I wonder if that's something that was installed so that a homeowner could put up lights or whatever you know Christmas lights or whatever. Hand things? It-
2: yeah, there, people put clips up on their soffits for, for that very reason. And really, on the siding like that, it wouldn't be that hard.
0: But this looks like something that was very intentional as a system.
2: As a part of the soffit? Right.
1: I mean, it's under the eaves of the house, and it's 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 aluminum siding. Imagine aluminum right. siding under the eaves mm-hmm. with a groove that has these slidable clips all the way around. I just, I'm just confused like, as to why somebody would do that.
0: Sounds like somebody's genius idea that, that got sold to that guy's house.
2: Well, and it's probably it might be a part of the install process yeah. uh, to hold that soften in place while you're putting the next panel up. Huh.
0: That's That's interesting. You know, honestly, I've never heard of it. If Jeff were here, he could tell us about the...
2: If he's worked on a house that has it, yeah, yeah, but it yeah. sounds like it was one of the installs and in a and a way to do that. You know, there are specific ways to put up siding. How old is this home?
1: It was built in 1976. Now yeah. I don't know when. The, I don't know when the siding, this siding, was put up.
2: Yeah, right. if it was yeah. a retrofit, okay. that was something that was used as an install. Um, yeah,
1: I'm not sure what you mean by an install.
2: Well, um, part whenever. It's interesting, if you ever watch somebody put siding up, uh-huh. it goes... It's just like doing the inspection. You have to go in a specific order. So let's yeah. say that you have panels underneath that soffit. Well, how are you going to hold that in place while you put the next panel in?
0: Right. Right.
2: And that's what I'm wondering, if that's part of... If it's just part of the system mm-hmm. of that particular brand of you know yeah. siding that went up underneath there. Because... Do you have do you happen to know is there wood underneath that or is it uh open into the attic?
1: I'm no, I'm I'm gonna suspect there is wood in there but it looks like uh it's installed imagine imagine the the siding under the eaves as sort of the, the, the backside of a of of a of a triangle, you know what right. I mean? And and yeah, and, and I I don't, not the hypotenuse, but the long leg of the (laughs) right triangle kind of thing. I I just was, I mean, it's perfect for hanging plants, and I'm sure you could put electric lighting up. Right. If you're saying that it just could have been part of this brand of, of, of siding that they put in, and it's just a little bonus feature, you know, that makes sense to
2: me but you know right like, I just thought it was that, weird.
0: that's just what it feels like to me but obviously we don't know what we're talking about so if well, someone has
2: the picture i have on the radio right? Yeah, says. but you know it's one of those i love that you you ask that question because i'll do my i'll do that all the time i'll be on an inspection i'll scratch my head i'm like i wonder why they did it that way
0: right well, if you know what, if you're going to find out someone's going to call this show and tell us what that thing is, and then we'll holler.
2: Well, somebody that, yeah. you know, maybe some some older person who actually installed it.
0: Right. Yeah, you know what, and uh, if you if you heard this, you can use the talk to us feature to tell us about it. All you do is you, you open the MPB public media app, you go to the uh, talk to us feature in the menu and pick fix it 101. Then you can say, you can say whatever you want. Tell us, tell us what you think. You can do video, you can do audio, whatever. So that, that would be cool. You can answer right there and we'll put it right on the air. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE certified inspector and inspect it like a girl. Licensed contractor Jeff Simmons is cruising Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Have a good time with that. And if you missed any of today's program, you can always listen back by podcast using any podcast app or our mpb public media app so uh, before we go on i wanted to i I got a horror story in this week and i did want to say it because this is a diy show and people call to figure out how to do things well i I did want to say this because it happens and we have to say both sides of of the spectrum i tried to stain my own concrete floors I ordered the supplies from an online retailer at about $600 and spent the next two weeks making it the biggest mess you can imagine (laughs) with with acid-based concrete etcher and stain. The stain got all over the walls and other things. The floors looked awful, spotty, uneven, just a mess. I ended up covering the mess with brand new carpet and repainted the walls and baseboards. (laughs) Alan.
2: (laughs) I'm sorry. I
0: know, I know. I I, I felt this pain when I got this and read it.
2: Yeah.
0: But you know what? That's the truth. And we have to be honest. It's a DIY show. Not all DIY flies. And there are many times, and I can tell you, if Jeff were here, and I know because he used to talk about this when he first came on the show, uh, contractors end up redoing a lot of DIY stuff because of improper insulation or, or or whatever um it happens guys
2: it happens yeah. yeah yeah it happens that's why i bought an old house right so it, you know it had
0: I, already happened yeah, yeah. it <laughs> had
2: already and i i've spent the last 30 years you know doing projects and and you know learning that's how you learn you make your mistakes and you learn
0: right all right, uh, let's go to the phone real quick. We've got Jr. in Ridgeland. He's got a hot water maintenance issue. What's going on, Jr.?
3: Good morning. Good morning, Pam. Morning. Long time no see.
2: Yeah. Good morning, uh, Jr.
3: Yeah. So, hot water heater, gas hot water heater. Got mm-hmm. two of them. I just finished the the project. The question is, how soon do I need to repeat it? How often should I drain and do the little rinse action on the hot water heater.
2: You know, I, I always think once a year would be plenty on, on, okay. on something like that. And depending, how old are your water heaters?
3: Uh, one of them is a little over a year old, and the other one is about five years old. And, yes, I let it slip. So when I drained it, I got all kind of white chalky stuff out. Um, Pull the anode out enough to see most of it. You know, when you got a full-length anode and you're up in the attic, somehow the roof comes into play. And
2: yeah, and <laughs> not see a lot of space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: So the part I could see clearly used, but, you know, it's not like there's just a thin wire or any chunks missing from what I could see. So it seemed, you know, so it's like I looked at one picture and it said, you know, you still got some use from this, that, and this, the other. Uh, but, so, how often should I check the anodes every time I rinse it? or I would uh, every other year. Okay. I would
2: and jr, let me mention this to folks who are thinking about this on the maintenance on your water heaters, really, I misspoke. It depends on where you live. Um, if If I live in Jackson or an area that has an older water system, where the water may not be as clean when it comes into the system itself, then I may be doing – I may be flushing that water heater a little more often than I am in a brand-new house, in a brand-new neighborhood, you know, or in a a newer area. So um, I think the manufacturer, if I'm not mistaken, uh, suggests that you flush it every year. But I really think it depends on – the, the type of water that you're getting in. Like, if you have a really sure. high mineral content, like if I live out in the country and I'm coming off of well water and I have a lot of mineral content,
0: right. then I would probably flush it. Can I really it. assume that anywhere in Mississippi, that I'm going to have a pretty high mineral content? No,
2: not well, necessarily. Really? Yeah. It really depends on, you know, where, really, the, the, where you're living. Okay. So, and the older All the right. system is and the older your supply lines are, the higher your probability of mineral content.
3: Okay. So one one other question there. Um, and it is, we have two hot water heaters, one for one side of the house and one for the other. So my daughters have moved out. So one of the hot water heaters is going to be used a whole lot less than the other. So is it the one that exchanges the most water, that the anode corrodes more quickly, or is it the one where the water sits in there? When it sits.
2: Yeah. When it sits. yeah, whenever right. it's sitting there and there's not any movement in it. And so, you know, what you could do a, around that is maybe just, you know, you could even put it on vacation mode if you wanted to, to turn, bring the temperature down so you're not running it that often. But think about going into that that guest area, into a hall bathroom, and just turn the water on in your tub on hot water and just let it run, you know, for, I don't know five ten minutes
0: let's cycle through whatever's in yeah, the tank basically
2: basically yeah. yeah yeah i think okay. if you do that boy i like the way you think jr because a lot of people boy. don't even i mean they don't even think about that they, they, well
3: <laughs> when when you replace one for around two thousand dollars or give or take uh that's only like uh, one year older than the warranty you realize they told you to drain it once a year so maybe right, it's right.
2: to drain it once a year right <laughs> yeah you know and that'll happen i mean and they yep. just it's just like a car if a car sits there and you don't drive it very much uh, yeah. it's going to deteriorate a lot faster than if you're using it
0: oh yeah yep. any yep. you ever you ever uh, opened a refrigerator that had been plugged in
2: uh yeah it's <laughs> horrible. Yeah. it's awful yeah
0: all right yep. right, JR, thank you very Thanks. much i yeah. appreciate, appreciate it yeah all right let's keep on moving um Real quick, a little quick question from online before I go straight to the phones again. Does having all major kitchen appliances, the same brand, matter much? Was this question. It was kind of, and, you know, I guess that's kind of a style preference, but, uh, and then they asked, what about color? Um, You know, color is getting easier and easier to change. And now that you can do rolled vinyl, Mm -hmm. you can change your kitchen's color Uh, in a weekend and it'll look fabulous right i mean just fantastic you can like if you have say uh, black appliances or white or silver or whatever you have you can change that color in a weekend now with like i said rolled vinyl which you can get just about anywhere these days so i think
2: it's just personal preference yeah you know, I mean, in in my kitchen, for instance, of course, it's, you know, in brand new construction, what mm-hmm. builders do, and Jeff would say this if he was here, is they buy in bulk. Right. Okay, so they're going to have either all GE or all Whirlpool right. or, you know, the only thing that I've seen where there's maybe some differences is like on a Viking range, mm-hmm. and then they'll have a um, – Geneer refrigerator. Right. You know, cuz those brands are really all kind of a high-end type right. brand. But as far as buying mm-hmm. new new stuff for your kitchen, let's say your dishwasher goes out. Right. I'm getting online and finding the reviews for the best dishwasher and in my budget and right. I'm going to buy that. Now, I do buy. I'm I'm weird. I I I know I'm just odd. Yeah. All my stuff, but see, I have the coolest oven it's a 1955 merritt no keith that i got and i reconfigured it so that the oven part is storage but the top i put in a ge profile range so i can cook on the top on my range Uh well that oven is white Uh it's a pearl white with the chrome outline so i match everything to that
0: see look if y'all hadn't noticed, she talks about her range, like Coach talks about his F-150. <laughs> yeah. there there's a passion there well this thing is
2: it is the cool factor it's just unbelievable it was sitting in my neighbor's garage for 25 years and i kept saying if you ever want to get rid of that thing well it weighs a ton it's why i didn't
0: leave the garage that's why i didn't it's cast
2: iron and so anyway through the years i was able to finally talk him out of it and i had it reconfigured and redone and Put it in my kitchen, so I match everything to that. So I have a KitchenAid dishwasher. Uh-huh. I have a Kenmore refrigerator. Right. But they all match the Merit and O'Keefe stove.
0: Okay. All right.
2: <laughs> the color now that does.
0: is design, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Yes. <laughs> all right.
0: So uh, let's keep moving, and Alice has been waiting in Gulfport. What's going on, Alice?
4: I need to know how difficult it is to replace one strip of vinyl siding. My... Grown son decided to cut only the front yard, and somehow he ripped a chunk out of one piece of siding.
0: Oh, so. I've done this so many times, and, and you said, oh it's, really? Oh yes, is vinyl siding? Yes. Okay, this is uh, both easy and a pain. Um, and so, so have you bought the siding? Do you already have that?
4: No. Okay. This, this is all on him. He's got to normally I do all my home repairs. But uh-huh. This is on him.
0: Well, if you go to uh, the the bigger local hardware stores or you know, your box places something like that you'll find they keep a certain amount of inventory there of kind of your your basic vinyls. So like your white vinyls, kind of a... An a, almond. Like an almond, like a punny color, you know, like they keep that stuff around in stock, right? And so you yeah. can go and buy a single piece of vinyl if it's that color.
2: Well, and you have to look for look for your grain pattern as well. Right. I've had to do that. Right. And so you, you, and you can also let me just insert, and I'm going to let you talk about the install. Mm-hmm. There are places that that's all they do is siding. Yeah. So they'll have if you can keep that piece that was broken mm-hmm. and take that to one of those places, they can match and give you a piece that would almost be identical.
0: Yeah, I will say that if you whatever, how old is the home, Alice? Uh,
4: the siding has been up about.
0: In years, okay, after so it's Katrina, got. I live on
4: the
0: coast, so after Katrina. Oh, so right after Katrina. Okay, so it has whether you know it or not, it's already got sun fade. So, oh yeah, yeah. So, so whatever you put on there that was the quote original color is gonna be is gonna look different. So you will want to, you know, b- there might be some difference, but if it's down low on the house, like you said, it was, uh, you know, kind of like something that kicked up, right?
4: Yeah, it's yeah. down low. It's about two feet from the bottom siding and it's on the north side.
0: Okay. So not okay. As much
4: fading as it
0: would be on the other. Side. Well, and, and you can, the, the best and easiest way to do this is those pieces of siding are all, uh, one size and then you cut it to length. You just need to take the, the one that has the hole now, cut a new one to the exact size as that one okay, uh, vinyl siding typically just nails up there are holes in the top that are right. there used to hang it. Uh, and all one has to do is get underneath there. It clips on the one that is above it. So you take that clip off from the top, and you'll see the nail heads. You pull that out, and your your vinyl siding just comes right off.
2: Sometimes you need, and I need. I had to buy one of these, Jason, a little What's multi-tool that, that – that allows oh, the, you yeah. to, to scrape off the top from the bottom of the top. Of the, it, uh, yes, yeah. if you
0: if you do buy the multi tool, there is a multi tool. It's not expensive. It's not
2: expensive. No,
0: but that will make the process a lot faster. But but replacing a single piece is not difficult. There is some labor involved. Oh, I was
4: hoping
0: it was going to be a little difficult. For no, okay. <laughs> not too difficult. No. <laughs> Uh, well, you know what, really though, it will be enough that he won't want to do it again.
2: Yeah, yeah.
4: Well, I had just that day finished. He put candles in the front bathroom and got stuck on the ceiling, so I had to scrape the ceiling and repaint it, and then he did this while I was doing that. So I was hoping
2: <laughs> it would be hard for him. Ah, I got you. He's keeping you busy. Right. I'm telling you.
0: <laughs> All right, Alice, thank you very much. We appreciate it. All right, let's keep going. Tony's on the line in Milledgeville, Georgia. I used to live in Macon. So wait, what's going on, Tony?
1: Hey, good morning, you all. did you know Milledgeville and Macon are not very far apart?
0: No, sir, they are not.
2: I hey, think it's that- awesome that you're listening from from there. That's uh-huh. great.
1: Well, thank you all very much. And I wanted to tell you all that I really do appreciate the information and the humor that you all pro- you know bring in providing the information. And, uh, I do, I do try to catch your show as often as possible. Uh, for background, I have a friend of mine who, uh, says her home inspector missed a hole in her attic, and it's allowing vomits to come in and cause lots of damage, uh, And this may vary from state to state, but I'm just wondering, is there a statute of limitations on filing a claim with the home inspector?
2: You know, I don't – I'm not sure the legality on that, but, you know, what I really appreciate is if folks will call me and they'll say, you know, there's this whole – where these varmints are getting in, and then I get a chance to go over there and kind of look around and say, yeah, but there's no way I could have seen it from this angle. Or this is where I was coming from. I'm not sure that I would have been able to see that from there. But I tell you what, in order to help you out, I'll get somebody over here to, yeah. you know. a
0: possible solution.
2: Yeah, there's a there's always a solution in there. You'll get a lot further. Now, if there's an egregious Um, Like, I'm working on a case right now where an inspector didn't crawl underneath the house, and the floor fell in. Well, that happened two years ago, Mm -hmm. about two, two and a half years ago, and that that case is live and running right now. Hmm. Um, So... You know, something like that, a small thing like that, I would certainly just call the home inspector and say, I'm having problems, this is what happened, and just see where you go from there.
0: What What happens, let's say, you know, because when you do an inspection on the home, Pam, um, I believe you have the opportunity to to talk with the inspector about the report, am I correct?
2: The the person who pays for the report can, yes. Okay. So if a buyer pays me, then I can't talk to the seller unless the buyer gives me permission to do that because I don't own the information. Right. I have just given them the information. But if they release me to do that, then certainly I can talk to them, you know right. about whatever might come up. I didn't know if
0: there was any sort of sign-off at the end of the the deal where you know, okay, you agree. This is inspected in good shape and.
2: Well, we do have standards of practice, oh, okay. and so and we do have pre-inspection agreements. Uh-huh. So, for instance, um, I, what I ha- what I do and I insist on, and my Arizona emissions insurance requires me to do, is I have to have a signed agreement, and that agreement lines out everything, and it's right. going to tell you things like, I'm I, well. Let's go back to the rodents getting into the attic. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm inspecting it the day that I'm there. I can, I'm not predictive.
0: It's just a snapshot.
2: Yeah, and yeah. It, I'm going to give you the information as best I can on that day. Well, if the next day the raccoon decides he wants to get in the attic and he starts chewing a hole, I couldn't have predicted that.
0: Right, <laughs> right. that's true.
2: You know? All right. Or you know, I had one last week, and and this happens on occasion. I stuck my head up in the attic, and there were the biggest bats I have ever seen in my life. I mean, they look like rats hanging from the gable vent. Oh, they no. were enormous, and I, I was I've got to there. know
0: your response.
2: Well, I was up there, and I was looking at, it. I was like, guys, there must be a lot of mosquitoes in this neighborhood because you're huge. Somebody needs to go on a diet. And I okay, bet there were like 10 or 11 of You're telling a month me there. the
0: logical part. Did you run?
2: No. Uh-uh. No, uh-huh. about in the middle of the day, they're sleeping. They don't really care about you very much. Oh, okay. Yeah, bats, unless they're, you know, ain't, now I didn't go up there and start playing hopscotch with them. Right, right. I mean, I didn't, and actually, I didn't go up there, so I wrote in my report the inspector was unable to inspect the, all the components in the attic because of the presence of bats. Right.
0: <laughs> Well, Tony, um, you know, I don't know about the statute of limitations on that uh, claim on the home inspector, but it sounds like Pam is saying you probably need to go ahead and give that inspector a call and uh, let them have an opportunity to – have a conversation with you about it.
2: Right. And also, I do know in the state of Mississippi, under the Mississippi Real Estate Commission, you can go on their website, and let's say you've had a really difficult experience with an inspector. You feel like they've missed a lot. You can file a claim. And then at that point, that commission, which oversees, and you can even look at, now they've got this new thing where you can see disciplinary actions against inspectors. So if you want to go on there and see... And there was one particular inspector that wasn't getting pre-inspection agreements signed. Well, they fined him $500 and yanked his license for a couple of months. So there is recourse to at least make sure. And, I, you know, I really wish people would do this more.
0: Right. All right, Pam, thank you so much. Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Think Rodeo. Tony, we appreciate your call from Milledgeville, Georgia. And um, uh, we are funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman. And uh, Pam Pibus helped out today. Thank you so much. I'm Jason Klein. Thanks. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to
2: listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.